And I'm speaking to Jodeen Williams, who is a professional athlete. And luckily for me, she's also my patient. And she agreed to come on to speak to us about a few things that, of course, I'm interested in and I think would be of value. So welcome, Jodeen. So I was just saying that I was very pleased that you agreed to this. And I am quite honored. And of course, in our pre-meeting, I mentioned some things that I'm interested in. I think they would be of value. And everybody can go to Jodine's Instagram. It's You can punch in her name and you'll see it. And there's some wonderful pictures there. And in addition, interestingly, I learned that, I think you told me actually that you're a, a, you have your sponsor. Yes. Our name. And actually... That sponsors seems to be doing well for you as well because in these pictures you can see your sponsor there. And yes. What and those pictures highlight your first physique, Jodina. And see as this is a medical podcast, I really have to jump to this. How do you keep fit and or more specifically your fitness is through your training. How exactly does your training, do you do your training now? As in, what do you do from day to day? And so the question is really asking, what, as a professional athlete, and I should say, you are a sprinter. and Yes. Mainly 100 and 200, as, I, as we had discussed. But what, what, what is your training regime now? So that's really the, the question. Oh, so um, at the moment, we're in background season because the competition season has ended um, September. So now we're in background season where we just pretty much, um, we're, we're pretty much going back from square one. So um, we're doing like endurance training. We're doing strength work, um, plyos. Players until stuff like, um, what, what I call that? You, you know, well, how, how can I explain it now? Players are, are stuff that helps you to gain strength as well as um, gain power. You, you know, because you need the power to run. Gotcha. Yes, you need the power to run. So we, we're doing stuff like lounging. Well, some person might call it a different name, but we call it lounging. We're doing stuff like step up, like a step on the box and you bring one knee up and stuff like that. But away from that, we're just pretty much doing things that can get back the body to where to, to where we need it. So when it's competition time, we don't easily get injuries or uh, we don't easily get tired because your body already went through that phase where um it, it, it's it got the strength that that, that the muscles needed. Gotcha. So this is really a building up. Uh, yes, yeah, pretty you... much a, a building process. Exactly. So where you know, like you have a child. Well, I don't know if I'm using the, the correct example, but you know, like you have a child and you're teaching the child how to maybe like walk. Right. And then after a while, the child can walk on her, is our her, her own. It's pretty much something like that. Excellent. So that that players that you're ref referring to, I think some people call it calisthenics, where you don't use, sounds like that's non-weight training, but still 
it is effective when you use your body weight. It's very effective, very, very and it's effective. It's, I noticed that, although I didn't watch all of his documentary, and you're saying it's documentary, uh, you're, well, uh, we, we should really say here that you're, you're a member of Racers. Yes, I am a member of Racers. Right, and so, well, that is wonderful, I should say. And I know that we'll soon see in the finals of the next Olympic Games. Thank you. Well, that's that's the aim. That's the aim. Well, I know, I know it will happen. But well, what I was saying is that in the in the the piece of or the piece that a friend of mine sent me it was very interesting. Uh, they were doing some jump ups on this high ledge. So if anybody can picture that, and it mm-hmm. really looked like it really. And these are some of the, I think it was, it could have been you saying, Johan was there, and it was when Warren Weir was there too, I, I, I think. And interestingly, it was really very challenging for everyone. So very interesting, some interesting footage there. So that is proof to you that you do not need to lift weights, in my opinion, to benefit. And the so the you did mention that you do a little you do some weights you do some of this uh, we can call it any term you want to use and you do some running what's the ratio like so or so do you have a day where you do running or you do fifty percent running twenty five percent like how, how what what kind of ratio is there um it, it fluctuates. So it depends on what the coach wants you to do because every club is different. Every coach is different. So um, I'm not going to give every detail, but like for us, we go gym like four times out of the week for now until until competition time, which is next year. We might start going maybe three times out of the week. But away from that, um, even though we go to the gym, we still have to be at the track. So, and then um, sometimes when we don't have gym, we have players day, which I was explaining, which I was giving example rather about the lounges and the step up and the split jumps and stuff like that. So the coaches are the ones that make the program and then they will tell us which day they want us to go to gym um, which day they want us to do players. And then you have some days that you go to the gym and you do players as well. So it's just depending on what the coaches want. And the training sessions last how long now? I would say there's not a, well, for me, uh, for my club, there's not a specific time. Um, it, we, we have a time when it starts, but we don't have a time when it actually ends. Um, the, the, the training session ends when the program is finished. So whenever an athlete finish the program, that's when their training session ends for them. So for us, training starts at 3.30 p.m. in the evening. In the evening. So say, for example, you start at 3, 3, 3.30 um, and you finish the program at 4 o'clock. That's when your program ends. Um, Whereas if you start maybe the program at four o'clock and it ends for you at six o'clock, that's when your program ends. So we don't have like a specific time when the program ends. We just have a specific time when it starts. 
I see. So it's to ask this in a different way. What I was trying to figure out is on average, you with your programs, how long do you do your training sessions last? I would say maybe like um I would give myself probably like two and a half, two and a half hours. Right. And I suppose like this... Go ahead. Yeah, like roughly two and a half hours. Um, took probably maybe three hours, depending on the day. It just depending on what we have on the specific day. Okay. I will, yeah, pretty much. I will put it maybe like I will put it maybe like a max of three um three hours. Oh, this sounds like a lot of uh, training, Jordina. <laughs> no, you know, it, that's what I'm saying. It just depends on on what you have, you know. It just depends on what because, like for today. I never had a lot of stuff to do. So I finished maybe like in two hours. Gotcha. Yeah, I think I finished in two hours. Well, um, well. I've never timed it, so I'm just giving you something off my head. Right, 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 right. exactly. <laughs> you're, 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 you have a different focus, so you're not even thinking at the time. You're just yes. working on, on, what, on what you are given. And... Uh, the I suppose this duration and well the programs differ implicitly in what you're saying depending on the season. So we are yes, we're in a, we are in a different uh, stage of the season now. Which, by the way, when when season will ramp up again, the end of this year or is it next year? As in for competitions, right? Well, um, competitions start January, but um, in the US you have competitions that start in December because you have indoor season but like for us Jamaicans um our season start in January and end pretty much in um well you can say late August um September there about early September so did, but, did you... I'm sorry uh -huh. go ahead go ahead no but, but I was saying but it depends on the person because you have some person season that ends before and some that in at a later time. Gotcha. Because it would be depending on what games you're going to, I suppose. And yes, it depends on factors. what Yes, yes, it depends on what games are going. So this sounds like though, because we are recording this in October. And I think you had told me you were doing some training last month. So that sounds like a good portion of the year is training. Would you say yes. 11 months, 10 months out of the, the 12? Yes, I can pretty much um yeah, you can put it maybe like ten. As I said, it just depends on when you're in your season because you don't want to sit down for a long period of time because as I said, just like for example, the, the, the body can by just sitting down for two weeks, the body can go right back to normal. Um, when I mean normal, it, it went back to a rest state where you have to go build back the muscles to get endurance, to get strength. And um, that no. And, and then again, as an athlete, I can just make this clear, as an athlete, while sitting down, we have to be careful because we might start eating and then you start gaining weight and you don't want that. So yes, I don't want that. So we have something that we call active rest. So like when you're on rest, um, pretty much 
after competition, like when your season ends and you're on rest, because you know you have to rest the, the, the body because the body is like a machine. So if you don't rest it, it can um, eventually get an injury or um, you might realize that you start getting tired easily, but the body needs to rest. So when you're off season, um, you can do something that we call active rest, meaning just drag and stretch, or you, or you can still go to the gym and do a little exercise, and you do core sessions as well. You know, you do cardios and stuff just to maintain that fitness because you don't want your fitness to reach zero. Because once it reaches zero, you have to go and build it back up. And sometimes, depending on who it might take, a longer time for some persons. It just it just depends on who. Yeah, this, this is exactly right. And and of course, medically, there's this whole procedure that actually between I think it could be in the athletic coaches came up with originally, but they use this term called periodization. Jodine, I'm sure you, your coaches beat it into your head, which speaks to what you're talking about. They divide the year. In fact, yes. some people they don't even divide up your career and said, by True. the time you hit X, you're going to be at Y. And it's this very complex thing. But the training is done in such a way where the rest is not only important, but, but well... We can use the, the words that it's it's of extreme importance to assist you in, in performing, and the, so it was as explained to me. You can correct me by a, a coach in a different sport, Jody, so assuming uh -huh. coach that you you would just once upon a time he used to, he used to and he, he's an older dude now. So what the, what used to be thought of as good is you keep giving uh, this almighty volume and intensity and break it down to nothing. And then in the process of doing that, you would become fast when your body regenerates. And nowadays, I think everybody, well, he said more people agree that that's probably not the best way. So the, it's an enormous amount of volume you're saying that you would do even as a sprinter, which nowadays they don't think that's, so at all, in fact, they think that you should do a mixture of things. And the term you use is you do X, you do a moderate pace, you do some sprinting mm -hmm. in between. And they, he, he, they, they talk about spicing up your workouts. They say spice like spicing your food. They say exactly. So, you, yes. so it's, this, it's the variation basically. And... Although I'm, I hope I'm explaining this right, but that that is really generally the thought. And he said, I think he's saying that is a track and field coaches came up with all of this, or or at least popularized it. You know? Yeah, um, pretty much. Um, that's what we do. So like, no, um, you won't have us doing any sprinting work right now. Gotcha. So as I said early on that we're doing stuff that is building the muscles, that is giving you strength and endurance. So we wouldn't do sprint, sprint work until next year. But however, there's a tricky side to it. Persons that might be going to um, indoors competition that I told you that keep in the US, right. um, 
you might find that they're doing a little bit of a sprint now because they know they're, they're preparing their body for competition coming December, early January because of indoors. Because you know you have persons that do indoor 60 meters. So are maybe 200 or whatever they're prepping their body for. So you've realized that they are doing a little bit of a sprinting now. Like, but however, like for persons like myself that, are not doing in um indoors competition you will um realize that i am doing just things that that give in that give the body endurance um which in endurance is the same as strength and stuff like that just like what you were explaining so we wouldn't do the sprint part until maybe i I don't want to say maybe mid yeah maybe the mid of next month next year sorry Probably okay. like around April mm. or maybe earlier than that. We start doing sprint work. Because in that scenario, objective is whatever big games is occurring in the summer. Yes, yes. And and it and not just that, it just depends on the athlete too. Depends on what the coach um have in store for the athlete. Because um yeah, you might have find that some athletes have a hurly competition. So the, the, the coach might prep them for that competition. Whereas you find that some might have a late competition. So, you know, it just varies depending on what the coach have for the athlete. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's very interesting. I think you, you, you mentioned a little bit about this, but I think we should, this would be of interest. The diet, you talked about not eating too much when you're off your training how is your dad then and how does it differ between then and now when you're currently even in this period of your training versus when you get ready for competition is there any great difference um no there's not great difference i think um no there's no difference actually because it's it's a maintained diet so pretty much the same thing that you would have eat right now you love eat the same thing during competition. You eat food that contain fibers, potassium, um, carb, what we call it, starch and stuff like that. So, you know, you eat up your, your yam, your sweet potato, um, it, but it depends on which athlete. Cause like for me, I don't really fancy the rice cause rice have too much starch in it. So, you know, it can allow you to gain a lot of weight and I don't, and I don't eat like a lot of flour either. For me, I'm more like on the sweet potato, the yam, the banana, maybe pretty much the ground provisions. So like now, you're eating the same thing just like what you would have eaten when you're at a competition or going to a competition. And you know, you, you can't lift out your fruits and vegetables. So in terms of that, in the morning, what would you have? If you could give me like a, a average day of what, what you would morning. Well, um mornings. It it fluctuates depending on what I felt on what I feel okay. for. So um like today I had some cornmeal porridge with boiled eggs, um, a slice of bread, and I have fruits and a lettuce. You know, you need the protein and you, 
pretty much a need um the six food groups exactly. oh and i had a little bit of um a peanut on the side all right so like regular peanuts on the side so that that meal you would say could fit in a regular size plate then i mean well you had cornmeal porridge so that was yes. that was a hearty breakfast or an average breakfast for you i would say that would have been an um i would say it's an average breakfast All right you know, people are going to look when the listeners are going to look at your physique and say, "Boy, you look good." I want to try and I wonder what that girl <laughs> eating. No, you laugh. Honestly, no. you know, this is really it's funny how people have changed their ideas. There are all different thoughts as to what a wonderful physique, but everybody has their own thought. No, this is really wonderful. No, that's a serious thing. You're laughing, but sorry, serious thing. Something I get asked a lot at my office. How can I get that look? <sighs> I've been asked that question at the gym often. Pretty much every single time I go to the gym, someone, even the males, um, come into me. I've been working on my legs. I need those legs. I need those legs. I'm like, this is years. But what people don't understand, um, if you want something, you have to work for it. You can't just keep saying it and then you're not working towards it. And what they don't understand either is that mentally you have to be prepared for the hardship that is coming because um, going to the gym, yes, going to the gym, some people go to the gym for various reasons, right? Some goes for to lose weight, some goes to... Um, just keep a, you know, a nice body. Um, it just depends on what you go to the gym for. But um, but when you go to the gym, just always keeping in mind that you're working towards something. Don't go to the gym and then when if the if you have a gym instructor and the gym instructor put on maybe like two forty five pound, um, on both side of a of a of a weight bar. For you to do squat, you're being like, oh, I can't manage. I can't, you know, yeah. you have to have the mindset to, okay, I'm going to try it one time. But the moment you said, I can't, it's like you, you defeat the process of you trying. But if you said, I'm going to try. And then when you went underneath the, the bar, you realize that, oh, you lift it off, you squat, um, you, you went into the squat position, you put back the bar on the rack. You realize that it make a world difference. So it's it's years. It's it's years of um you know mental fitness um working on the body for it to reach where it where it is. But persons don't understand that they just see you and just think that I want that body. How can I get that body right away? But it don't come right away. It's a lot of stages that you have to go through exactly and we need to say that you're not an old person even though you're saying years is just coincidental <laughs> when, no right. when i say so, my no, apologies people, i'm no, still no, in no. my 20s <laughs> right. no I'm people can say then how much you so that first person must be old <laughs> no but, but, <laughs> not this is not but, old i'm not going to say your age on this but they'll find out when they google you so, um, I was, yeah, I'm, I, I'm still in my 20s. But really. why I said years is because I've been doing it all my life. I've been doing it. I, um, 
I did it at primary school. Well, you, you can't say basic school, okay? You know, but you know, take out basic school. Mm-hmm. But I've been doing track and field from primary school, and I've never stopped. So that's the reason why I said years, because I've been doing it from a tender age. Gotcha. So yeah. Since you mentioned that journey, I think it'll be instructive to speak a little bit about that. You you're doing your tracks in primary school. You mm-hmm. you never got a track scholarship because I, I never knew that was a thing. Somebody explained that to me fairly recently. I know that I'm, I'm a, you can't get a track scholarship for high school. So, so I never realized that. Yes, you can get a, a track scholarship for high school. But and that you just chose your high school, went to your high school and happened to be good at track and field. And that is yes. how you progressed? Is, is that... Let me tell you, um, it's a funny story because um, I'm from St. Mary, right? And you know we're from the country and stuff. So when I was at primary school, for some reason, I just love sports overall, even now. So I used to play netball. I played tag rugby. I played cricket. I think the only thing that I never played was football. <laughs> I did cross country. Um, you know, I compete for my school. I compete for my parish because we had um Eastern competition. What's your name? I can't remember the yes, name. Correct me if I'm wrong. Eastern Eastern champs. champs yes, mm. Eastern champs. That's what it's called. It's a, yes. a big meet. It's, it is. It's, not, it's actually. <laughs> how do I know I, that? It is. The of high school uh-huh. uh, patients from that and one of my one of the, the PE coaches was explaining to me that this is a big deal it's they actually it had, they had somebody supposed to know this young lady Jodine and she I think she was an Olympian you know and not an old person either I'm gonna get her name after this and send it to you but yeah, anyway, okay. yes, yes. So right, so you you're competing in Eastern. Yeah, champs. I, yeah. But but before that, we had um parish champs. So when I was in primary school, um, no, before that we compete at yeah the primary champs. So I used to compete at primary champs. Then I compete at parish champs. Then I think I compete at Eastern champs. So you know, I was <laughs> literally not everything. But I wasn't popular. Yeah. Um, then when I passed for my high school, which was um, St. Mary High, mm-hmm. persons always mix it up with St. Mary's College, but I'm talking about St. Mary's High that is in St. Mary. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was doing netball because I love netball. But I was doing both of them. So I was doing netball and then I was doing track and field at the same time until my coach that used to train me at my primary school was his friend with the, the, the high school coach. And he was saying to the coach, um, look out for this person. And he gave my name to the high school coach. But I used to hide the high school coach because I really wanted to do netball until one day we had PE and the coach said to me, listen, you have to choose one. Um, you see, they are going to choose track and field are you going to choose um netball and I was if I'm butting if I'm butting until my primary school coach came to me one day when I was going home and he said listen 
you have the talent, um, use it wisely. And I went home with that playing on my mind. And then the following day, I said, okay, I'm heading to tracks training. And from then, I just start doing tracks. What age were you then, Jody? Um, in high school, when I started track yeah. and field, yeah. I was 12. I was in grade 7. Oh, okay, so we're still very <laughs> early. Gotcha. Yes, I was in grade 7 at the time. But as I said, I... I, I was I had a big love for, for netball. Gotcha. So yeah. if it wasn't a truck, it would be a big netballer. Pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. So you throughout high school, you were progressing well. This coach was a good coach for you, I take it. Yes. All right. And continuing, continuing. These girls and boys champs, what a rabbit competition. Very hard to make any. By the way, what made you go in the direction of the sprints, or that's how you you know started? I started doing sprints from grade seven. Gotcha. I never stopped because even at Eastern Champs, um, even if they look up Eastern Championship, can okay, we oh. have the different different um championship? You have Central, Western, um, Commercial. I wish I had one Eastern. I think there's another one I don't remember, yeah. but. I was the champ. I was the, the 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 champion for class well one and two for Eastern Championship. Oh. I think if, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think I still have the the record for the 100, 200, and I believe four hundred for class one. Because yeah, not, for this, class one at Eastern that, Championship. Exactly. What I was going to ask you because I noticed that you have some. Well, very, I would say, above average times for the four. That's the 400 oh. meter. So oh. I, I, was, I was just wondering what the response. Anyway, I was just wondering why I never bothered with that. Uh, other than, I had a, well, again, to go back to you saying, you said, you said the train is brutal. So awful training. It's, it's rough. Very, very awful, it's very awful, rough. awful training. When you, if you want to do well, I mean, if you don't want to do well, it, the trade will be easy. But when you want to do well, it's it's very, very challenging. So you never had any passion for that event? That was one of the reasons? Even now, even now, even now I don't have a passion for it. But the funny thing about it, um, if, if, I'm, if I've been put in a 400 race, I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to do my best. And the funny thing about it, um, my PB, which is my personal best, right. in the 400 is 52. Yes. So, but the thing is, to train for it is rough. Yes. The, the, the training, oh boy, I don't want to speak about it. It's very rough. Yes. Because to go back to what we're talking about, the, that whole rest period, to throw that into it and the, the, the you have to you I would expect even though you don't you say you don't change what you consume to go back to that a little I'm sure mm-hmm. you'd have to perhaps consume a little more protein because it it's it, it's a it's really it's a bit much again another patient of mine was explaining to me what what you guys have to go through with that and really really challenging you I want to change gears here and just ask you a couple of things because I know uh, Jolene is very busy and she's getting ready to get some rest. 
and uh, yes. you're you're so gracious with your time. I thank you again. But you're welcome. <laughs> the how do you prepare? Because we talked a little about the physical, mentally for your competitions and races, and even your days. How do you prepare for these 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 training sessions and so on? Is there any special routine? Do you uh, meditation is very popular now? Uh, they have this area that is called mindfulness or health, I should say, called mindfulness, where you take a little time to in a quiet spot. You don't have to do anything grand. You you shut your eyes, quiet your mind, they say, and you don't have to do anything, but it helps you to function. So I just wonder if you ever in your life uh, did anything like that, or how, what what how is your routine as it per- per- pertains to that, the mental side. Oh, um, of course, I, I do meditation every day. Well, uh, let me say, every night I do meditations. Uh, but I, yeah, even though this is a little bit on the personal side, but whenever I'm going to bed, I will have a, a candle, you know, the scented candles. Um, I turn off the light and I just shower with the scented candles and just you know relax my mind and stuff and I'm meditating and I realized that that helped me as it relates to training um so yeah ha- you have to tr- um let me put it this way so I see if I can give a, a good explanation where training is concerned as in prepping for training are, as well as prepping for competition, you have to treat it as a ninety-five job. So you have to treat it as um, you know you have to go there every day. So mentally you have to know that okay, um, this is what I do, this is what I love, this is what I enjoy, um, and the list goes on. And then for me, I do a lot of self-affirmations because I realize that there are times when things are tough there are times when you just wake up and your body your body is so tired that you just don't want to come out of the bed to go training or you just don't want to just get up to even move to the bathroom because your your body because your body has went through so much vigorous exercises um mentally you just drain and people don't understand that when it comes down to, well, I only can speak about track and fee because that's what I do. There are days when you're just going to come home and you can't even sleep because your body is so tired. You can't sleep and you have to force yourself to sleep. So you have to always be on your A game where mental fitness is concerned. You have to always telling yourself like, you know, reminding yourself that this is my job. And one of the most important thing that helps you to, to, to get ready for training and competition is, is um, self-discipline. Self-discipline is a very big thing when it comes down to athletes. Because if you're not disciplined, it makes no sense. As well as um, your time. You understand how mm. you do things. Um, okay, 
I have gym at XYZ time. I have to be on time. I'm should I should be maybe at the track at XYZ time. So it's all comes back down to how professional you are. And that's what helps us. Exactly. This well, is, help me, I would say. This is the part of the, what, based on what you had told me, actually, we're always speaking about these things, by the way, is that this is your job and this is being business-like. You are yeah. being paid to essentially run. So you had better do what you have to do to perform in a way that these, for example, these sponsors feel happy with what you're doing so that you can earn, so that you can. And of course, in life, I find that it suits you, therefore, to enjoy what you're doing in life. And this is no different. Uh, wouldn't you say, Jody? Yes. So you, you have, have to enjoy. You have to have passion because this is not easy. That's really what you're relating to me. I, I don't think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I don't think there's no, uh, there's no track athlete that don't have a passion for it because trust me it, it's very rough <laughs> the, the training the training is very rough most times most times the training is very rough and if you don't have the passion um to do it if you're just doing it because you have the talent it make no sense because i mean i, I don't think the talent can carry you throughout um, can bring you to the level that you want it to bring. It can probably just bring you to a certain level, level, but when you're working hard, the, the, the working, the mindset, um, as I said, the self-discipline, all of those things combined together is what um, make you reach the, the target goal that you want. So mm -hmm. say, for example, a female wants to run maybe 10, 10 9. You have to go beyond go beyond um you know yes. um go behind the um that that level where you can say okay i'm going to push my body a little bit further because this is what i want so that's the reason why we we always have to have like a target goal or maybe like um you can put like a, a um a time like a time that you want to run for this year. So say, for example, I do the 100 and I said, okay, by the ending of the track season, I want to run 11 flat. That would have been my target goal. So I know that I have to work towards that goal. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what comes back to how strong mentally you are. Because if, if you're not mentally strong, then it makes no sense. Yeah, and I, then again, if you don't have the confidence and if you're not self-motivated, so all of those things come into one for you to run a specific time that you want. You know, Jadine, I notice you're in, and everybody listening is supposed to know this, that you're in perhaps arguably the most competitive area of female athletics. Do And coincidentally, we have perhaps some of the best on the planet running these events that you are fond of. And in light of what you just said, is this the way in which you deal with, for example, 
a lot of these races at this time, you're not quite at their level. I, I find that when I speak to not only my office, but in general, any, any athletes, they, they, what, what I'm told is that you, the way you're doing it, resetting a, a goal time, you can mm -hmm. let it be more about the time than the race. Well, if you win the race, that's great. But if you PB, you still win. And in fact, yeah. although winning is the objective, when you PB in this scenario, you just want to keep improving because, you okay. know, at the end, you are going to be, if, if you know, the best if or one of the best. So that, that, that's what, is, is that one, is that the method you, you look at that? Is that the way how you look at it sometimes? Sometimes, um, I think all the time. Yes. The, the, what people don't understand, you know, is that the, the time is very important. The time that somebody run is very important. That because it is the time that determine if you're the fastest person in the world, if you're the second fastest, if you're the third, if um, if you're at number twenty three in the two hundred or um number what you call it no four in the hundred it is the time it is not the place as in first place second place because the thing is you can win a race and you still don't run a pb you can win a race and you run even 12 when i said 12 i mean in the hundred i'm just talking about a hundred or 12 in the hurdles depending so it is the time, the time is, is the target goal. And that is what determines where you stand in the world. Yes. So other than major championships, I suppose you'd rather be PBing than winning. If you're PB and come third versus, versus winning and run a poor time, you'd rather do the PB. Yes, I rather do the I rather do the PB. Yeah. <laughs> I rather do I rather do the PB. But at the end of the day, um you still want to play somewhere. Yes. And you still want you still want a good placement, but for me, I I rather the PB because the PB is what determine a lot of stuff. Yeah. Because the the thing is not the, the PB is what can, all right, the 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 time that you run right, mm -hmm. is 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 what determine you to maybe like go into a into a competition. Mm -hmm. So say for example, um, I I run ten nine that can get me into a competition depending on i say for example let me say say for example i run 10-7 i can go to a diamond league with 10-7 but say for example i won a race and i run um um 12 maybe 12-9-9 um I can't go to Diamond League with that because I won't, I won't get into the competition. Yeah, that would be a no so, league. <laughs> That's a no yes, league. But, yeah, I can't go to a Diamond League. I won't get into a Diamond League with that unless something happened to everybody else that was there. And what we don't understand is that sometimes when you're having Diamond Leagues or you're having competitions, um, there's so much persons on the list. Yeah. Th that they have to choose from and you know they're going to choose the best of the best and they might choose the, the top eight persons that um th that are doing extremely well so 
you have it, it's it's the time the time is very important don't get me wrong the placement is good because you can run you can come um first and your and your pb but yeah. the time yeah the, the time is very important yeah so that that would be the best scenario you win for example olympics world games to me i mean whatever big meet there is and your personal best and if that person yes. happens to break the world record this is the ideal situation yes so, but in those big meets i think that to what you're saying it's if you win the gold medal well that would be wonderful but if you don't pb that's not exactly what you have in mind but you still be happy with that and any other meat other than a big meat you will be a little more unhappy because you're working with with certain objectives in mind based on yes you know towards as a, to what we mentioned earlier that the, these your coach, I know, has set out years ahead. It's it's a very interesting, which we, we, we need to know a part where we can get into, get into some more of that. But I know mm. you have to go, and it is getting late. So I just want to ask you this. I'll just ask you one more question, Jolene. The track and field is really such a wonderful sport, and locally, I would say, embraced. And internationally, particularly in Europe, I'd say more so, it, it's embraced fully. Uh, getting a lot of attention. I notice in North America, not as much attention, in my opinion, there that there should be. And so I was just wondering for the development, not only for that attention in the States, but in general, how would you how do you think we could help develop the sport more locally? Even though it's uh, we're doing pretty well here in my estimation. And also internationally, how would you develop uh, the sport more? Um, I think I would say have more competitions and um, yeah, I would say have more competitions and try to, you know, try to involve international persons to, to come on, to come on board or to come at these meets. So, you know, everybody can have a, a lot of everything there and and then where they can compete and um we, we can promote the competition just for example like with with boys and girls champs that that's one of the biggest thing for us here as well as me i would say the caribbean because everybody watch it evil persons from america so if we can do more stuff like like, like like boys and girls champs, just like how we have Gibson and we have um Jamaica, um what is the name of it? I can't remember. Jamaica national, not Jamaica national trials. There's this Jamaica Invitational. Oh, yes. So we yes. can have more of those competitions where we can where we can involve like international persons to come, and I think that will help it. You know, to to make it more developed. Um, for for track athletes because we don't have a lot of of those types of competitions here. For us, after a while, uh, most of the competitions that we have here, um, it is is for high schoolers. Yeah. We we don't have a lot for seniors, and then after that, then you realize that most of the seniors has to go maybe in the US or the UK or yeah pretty much abroad to compete because we don't have a lot of competitions there for, for them to compete. Hmm. And we don't have a lot of international competitions either. 
because uh, the of course the the factor is basically as we're saying that this is your job so that compensation <clears throat> excuse me mm -hmm. or to be frank the pay has to be of a certain standard and yes of course this international these international meets the pay is more in keeping with what you have in mind based on the fact that this is all you're doing there's no second backup this is it this is so yes and yeah. then the the life the the time that you can do it of course is finite you can get injured and all of that so it, it really i think that's a good point jodine we, we have to look at that it's something i wonder about just generally and even before we spoke and also of course the disparity in pay which i suppose what do you think about that since we're talking about this? I know you have to go, but the the fact uh, that I, I think that the females get less. Is that correct? Oh, female always always get less. I want to say we get less because it depends on it, it depends on what is in your contract. Right. Okay. Be because say for example, um you all right, let me just use Jamaica in Invitational as an example. Mm -hmm. So say, for example, the, the 100 is paying um, 6,000 US, mm -hmm. right? Just for example, it is paying 6,000 US. Bo both males and females would have get that amount of money, whosoever win it. So it's, it's just a set price. But where maybe um, sponsorship is concerned, our everybody um payment is different it just depending on what the sponsors want to pay you that that's just different but we're um as in the competitions are paying for a specific event it, it is just one set price across the board but as it relates to um maybe endorsements and stuff or awareness of an athlete I think as it relates to gender, you're going to realize that the males are more ahead than the females. They're more aware than us, the females, as in terms of gender inequality. Well, that, that, I'm, 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 I'm heartened to hear that, Jody, because I think it was... But, but it, it is across every sport, if you realize, not just track and field, but every sport, males are always... Just take for example, even with football, how much how much persons in Jamaica watch female football compared to male football? Mm. Even cricket, mm. how much persons watching female cricket compared to male cricket? I have a theory behind that is because it's it's a newer. I I know that there are certain aspects you can look at and say maybe a man kicks a ball faster and. But I think it's just as, and I'm no big sports junkie. When I watch, I still feel very engaged when a female is doing these things. I feel, when they score, I feel happy. I feel just that same emotion. So I, I, I have a strong, I have this feeling that it's just because it's so new that people have to get acclimated. They have to get used to it. So, yes. but but I was very I'm I'm very glad that the purse is the same for these races, and I think it was actually Serena Williams, who is I guess now retired, who had lobbied for equal pay 
in uh-huh. tennis matches, and I think that that pairs well is is equivalent. So at least that's that's one good thing, you know, my opinion. Uh, okay. Yes. So anyway, I think I have chatted you out thoroughly. I thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> 